welcome to the Every Cloud podcast by me, Cloudy Price. I'm here to share the silver linings with you. Everyone has experienced a bad situation, whether you've lost someone, failed at something, or received some bad news. It's important to reflect upon these and see the good and the bad, even if it's not apparent at the time. Because at the end of the day, every cloud has a silver lining. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest about the challenges they have faced and how they've overcome these. Of course, there'll be some giggles and fun stories along the way. So if you've just woken up, you're on your way to work, or you simply just need some positivity, I really hope you enjoy this episode. This week, I interviewed Kaylee Page Reese, an actress from Somerset. She has recently started her own production company and is currently starring in Sanderton on ITV. She talks us through the struggles of being an actress and tells us how she managed to overcome those. I hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, or do whatever you need to do depending on whatever platform you're on. I hope you enjoy. So today I'm with Kayleigh, how are you? I'm good, thank you, how are you? Good, I'm thank you, yeah. So if you just want to tell us a bit about yourself. Yep, so my name's uh, Kayleigh Petrie, so I've been acting professionally now for three and a half years. Um, so I think probably best known for my role in Sanderton, which came out, well it's currently still out. Um, and then I opened a production company earlier this year and um, started off with a short film around eating disorders and then we're going on to now be producing more. So yeah. That's <laughs> exciting. That's yeah. so exciting. Um, so, how did you initially get into acting? So, I think it was. It's kind of like odd. It's kind of. I was very much a dancer and musical theatre. Um, yeah. So I danced since I was like four, and then um, I kind of wanted to train and go into musical theatre. Uh, so I trained in that from sixteen to eighteen, and then I think that I kind of went out and I started auditioning. I came up to London a lot, um, and. I kind of realised that I loved kind of the storytelling and I didn't have any control over that. So, okay, you yeah. know, like yeah. when I went and did the kind of auditions for shows or it would be for cruise ships or be for a dance company and they kick that out of you completely. You yeah, know? you're Especially, just doing the role. Exactly. And it's just, you know, we want you there. That's we want stretch. you to do that. Exactly. Yeah. We want you to do those moves. We want you, you know, we just want you to be a shell and we want to mould you, you mm-hmm. know. And I, that wasn't, you know, I remember I used to walk to school, it used to be like a half an hour walk. And I'd create a whole story and I could make myself cry by the time I got to school. (laughs) I'd have come up, you know, I'd have watched like, I don't know, what was like my favourite? It's like What a Girl Wants. Did you love that film? I'd make up my own rom coms on the way to school. I know, I'd be like, I am her. And then I just, you know, I'd have made up my own thing. And that was a really important part of what I loved about dance was kind of the storytelling. You know, if I'd. I remember from my GCSEs, I'd go into a studio every night and I'd just go and dance and that because I felt so stressed and but it was all about story and the emotions and that's just, in my opinion, lost when it comes to dance and musical theatre in the industry. I think if that's important to you, either find another way of doing it or have it as a hobby because industry-wise, I, I just don't think it's it happens. Unless yeah. you are lucky enough to open your own company and you go and do that. I, I think when it comes to dance now that I've been able to express myself via acting, if yeah. you know what I mean. But that's really yeah. good. Um so do you act full time? I do, yeah. What are the difficulties of that? <laughs> Best day check. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's you know, it, it's stressful doing it full time. So I yeah, I, I mean it's it's amazing, but it's it's you know, you have to be a certain kind of person I think to be able to do it because you don't know when you're next going to get paid or next you've got a project, you know, you kind of have to, it's, yeah, it's difficult, <laughs> it's, but I love it because I think, you know, 
I've been lucky enough, so I worked in like a convenience store when I was yeah. like 18, and I was lucky enough that my first job was like a Samsung advert, which I still love to honestly. I loved it, and it was so, even to this day, it was like, I don't know, it was like kind of luxurious, like I remember like I got a call from like an old agent and she was like, they want you to go up to London today, like you've got a, <laughs> I know, so I like had to get the train up there and I was like 18, like really like young, you know, and um, I went up and then there was like, so it's all gingers, I don't oh. know, well, no one can see, but like I've got like, I think I've got like blonde, brown, I was going to say I'm not ginger, no, no, I'm not ginger, <laughs> and I went up and I went into this room and it was all gingers and they were doing like a, it was like an English family kind of thing for Samsung for their Christmas. It was like their 360 camera. Okay. And they wanted the main girl, but they wanted to be a ginger family. Yeah. And I just walked into a room and there was like a hundred ginger people. <laughs> I was like, I do not belong here. Like, no, and everyone that. was like staring at me. Like, it was really strange. And then they literally put me in the room and the director was um, in America. So he was on Skype. And they just brought in every person to see if they fitted as a family. And it was all done around me. It was absolutely crazy. What? Going from nothing to being in a room and they're working a family out around me. They worked a family, uh, like a ginger family around me. That's so and then the next Tuesday, I was flying out to Switzerland to do this. That's so much like fun. a week. Yeah, and I was like the main person. And I don't know, it just, but from that, because commercials are really strange. They're kind of the same in America and the UK that like, kind of like a bigger paycheck, if you know what I mean. So it meant that I could like quit the convenience store and kind of start my way you know coming up to London a lot more catching the train rather than the coach that was a big deal for me I know I got the coach to Bath last year it was so long (laughs) it's so long honestly like three and a half hours and I remember like but it would be like £10 like it was so So cheap cheap, it's like an hour and a half on the train but it's like just that bit but I remember like the first time I could catch like the train like I was like I've made it (laughs) but it's um that was like my my kind of it will always be like my big break. I know it sounds mental, yeah. but that commercial like changed. When well, you got your ginger family. <laughs> when I got my ginger family, it just changed, changed everything. That's so funny. <laughs> I know. And then it and then it's just you have to be careful of your money, you know. I'm lucky in the fact that like I've been able to work afterwards and it kind of work out. But you know, you just I don't know, you have to be able to think, look, maybe some weeks I'm not gonna have much money and then other mm. times I'll feel a bit flush, you know, it's yeah. kind of how it is you just have to be kept but I'd say that's the limitations of an actor's life unless of course you're making millions but even then like even the people who are making the big bucks like the more money you make the bigger lifestyle you have yeah do you know what I mean you know you're not paying the same bills as I am do you know yeah. what I mean so for them I think they do feel the same pressures in some ways because they just want to be making bigger money yeah you know? it's yeah and it's not you get paid every like every yeah month, exactly so. so you could have a job a year and you need to make yeah. sure that that money lasts you throughout the year do you know what I mean completely yeah. yeah so how do you manage to juggle the things that you do because you sound so busy yeah I think we kind of said but I'm yeah. a bit of a workaholic <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, do you know what it, there's not enough hours in the day is there no. you know I, mean? I just you know like I think you know I remember like if I'm on set like I'll be doing emails all the time or I'll be taking phone calls or I'll be doing meetings but it depends what what I'm doing I kind of I just try and spend a hundred percent doing what I'm trying to do so yeah I don't juggle it very well if I'm honest like yeah. I will I'll just want to do as much as I can do in a day yeah and um, I think I've tried to this year become a lot more like I think I was saying to you like me and my boyfriend we obviously bought a house this year yeah I've tried to be a li- lot more my mum got married so I'm trying to put a lot more time into my family and appreciate that because I do think that you get too focused sometimes yeah. on your goals or you want to achieve this or you you know you 
you want this and I want this and I want this and then you think actually I've got so much ready exactly yeah. and you have to appreciate that and take a step back and I've been trying to do that this year but it is difficult like yeah. sometimes I'll be sat watching a movie and I'm thinking oh, I, want, I want to reply to that email oh mm. I want that person to get back to me and I yeah. think that I, I say with the production company side of things that it's 24-7 because people can email you or you're sort of at contracts or there's no time limit so it's not a 9 to 5 thing whereas yeah. acting I mean acting they kind of sort it out for you you know if you have a job you have a time frame you have to be in when you have to be in that kind of works itself out for itself and your work and your family and your life around that yeah and then i think with the production side of things you just you have to go go go, go. go yeah yeah, yeah. i was so like what you said about the movie thing when i go and watch watch a movie i just can't watch a film yeah. and that's why i love going to the cinema because you, have, you to. have to switch your mode off and everything. Yeah. But whereas when I'm watching a film, mm-hmm. I'll actually sit there and I think there's this that I could be doing, this that I could yeah. be doing at the same time. I'm exactly the same. Why don't I do this whilst yeah. I'm watching a film? And people say about bed days, nope. no. No, 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 no. I feel guilty. If I'm in bed past eight, I'm like, what are you doing with yeah. your life? But I'm extreme. I'm not just like, I'm like what are you doing with your life? You are a failure. <laughs> it's so drastic, but it's so true. Like, that's just how I feel. It's, yeah. Probably not that helpful. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just have to keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, what would you say your greatest achievement is so far? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Oh, that's hard. I feel like, because you're 21, and you've done... Yeah, 22, 22 sorry. Yeah. And you've done so much mm. already. It doesn't feel that way. Do you know no, what I mean? No, I think yeah. you, you keep wanting more. Yeah. Um, biggest achievement. Oh, it's so difficult. I think that my biggest achievement is probably my production company. I think that... It's probably not the most successful as of yet, if that makes yeah. sense. But I think I'm most proud of it because it's something that I can get my creative juices through, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's something that's mine, I'm in control of, I I get to choose what I do, what we all do. Like I get to give opportunities to other people and to friends. Yeah. Um, I think like Sanitum, which yeah. is a series I'm in this year, I'm really proud of it and I'm proud that I managed to get into kind of like a prime time TV yeah, you know, drama maybe. but I think that it's that's what I wanted to do and I think that I'm proud that I've been able to channel that into something different and yeah. maybe something that might be more sustainable in the future or something that say and it sounds so silly to think in that way but like if I'm pregnant and having kids I can still be producing stuff yeah. I can't be in stuff do you know what I mean unless yeah. they want a eight month pregnant <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what I mean and, and I yeah. think that to, I think when we were talking you know, being level-headed and business-minded, you need to think in that way, whereas, I th- and also I just think for, like, positivity of my, me- like, my mind, I think having the production company, so I remember when we were finishing Sanderton, like, I was starting to get the blues, but then I knew I was working on something yeah. like, yeah. like Granny Killer starting pre-production for that, yeah. and I was like, no, I'm fine, I'm good, and going. And we're exciting things coming up. Exactly, whereas if I didn't have that, even if I'm on it or not on it, even if I'm just sending emails, my mind's on it, whereas yeah. if I hadn't have had anything, I've just been sat around like, oh, what's life? Yeah. It's strange, isn't it? It's, you have to, even if it's not something massive, you have to feel like you're achieving something. So I think we were saying before, even yeah. if you've sent those five emails you wanted to send, you've done that, and at least you can feel in that day you yeah. achieve something. And that will help something bigger. Exactly. And then yeah. you feel like, yes, done it. Mm. What made you decide <laughs> that you wanted to take acting seriously? I, I don't think I ever saw it as a choice. I know that sounds yeah. really silly, but I, I always wanted to go into performing and the performing arts. I just... I think that there was always a wrong perception of me, if that makes sense. I was never like, you find that a lot of time, like actors, you hear like interviews or podcasts and they were always like the joker of the class or like the funny one. And I think 
I think a previous conversation we had before we started this podcast, but like it's probably why maybe people are surprised or back in my hometown people are like, oh wow, because they didn't expect that of me, if that makes sense. But just because I wasn't the loudest and that it didn't mean that it wasn't something I loved, if that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't need to be the loudest because I don't play parts where I'm the loudest. Yeah. You know? Um it was just always something I was really passionate about. I think you know, I was talking to a friend about this, but there's an integral part of me, like, I love um, documentaries and stuff, and I love, like, human psychology and understanding people and just talking to people and being on the same level. The acting plays a massive part in that because you get to embody that. You get to really dive, like, dig deep and kind of understand psychology behind different people, different ages, like, come from a different background. I know that sounds ridiculous because they're fiction, but you really do. Yeah. And it means you can have, like, a wider understanding generally. That's really um, interesting. Actually. Yeah, because I find, I just find human beings, even today, like, before we even started this podcast yeah. talking to you, I love that because yeah. it's from someone different. I love finding out what you do, what yeah. your interests are, just... I just find humans are fascinating. Yeah, I completely yeah. That's sort of part of why I love doing this podcast. The podcast, yeah. Because I find out about so many different people, different people's stories, and people I wouldn't usually meet. No, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. And that can drive you. I know it sounds yeah. silly, but, you know, I used to be the same, like, if I met somebody and they were a runner, I don't want to run, but you give me so much drive that it just drives me generally, or maybe I will go out on a run tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, but you're, what is it, that, um, have you watched La La Land? Yeah. Right, so you know in La La Land, he says, like, you don't even like jazz. And she's like, but I love jazz because you love jazz. Yeah. I think that's generally, yeah, yeah. you know, like, you can love something, you can appreciate something because of how much, like, somebody else loves does it. it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And you know when you have a conversation, this is one of my favourite things yeah. ever, when you have a conversation with somebody that's passionate about something, and then you're like, oh my god, this is the best conversation ever yeah. because they love it so much. Exactly. And mm. it's not, you don't have to feel the same. Like, I have a conversation with someone about tennis and they love it. And I'm like, oh, tennis. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh. Yeah. But that's amazing. It's amazing that everyone has different passions and drives because, well, that's what makes us unique. You yeah. Know? You don't want to all be the same. Or even with acting, like, I love talking to people who love like noir films or they love like drama, like, I don't know, something different to me. and sharing that and yeah and I have a wider understanding and so do they because we're all different and we can connect in that way yeah which you do find that people tend to like kind of stay in the same bubble where yeah. everyone thinks the same and I think also I think then like I think a different interest of mine is obviously politics and government and I think that if you get yourself in a bubble where you're only talking about things that you both enjoy or stuff that you both agree on you're not kind of growing as a person you need yeah. to find people who there might be friction or you different opinions because you need to be able to understand that opinion as well. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I completely get that. And I love having like controversial conversations yeah. as well. Because that's the way you'll learn about things. Yeah, completely. I mean, I know Brexit isn't favourable to talk about at the moment, but like, my dad. <laughs> but like my dad's in his 50s, and obviously he has massively different beliefs to I do. So I love it when we're like yeah. going for it because, you know, he was brought up completely different to me. He has completely different views about the EU and yeah. the government. And I love that, you know? It's... I mean, most people wouldn't, but I do. Like, yeah. you know, I love when we really get <laughs> on. <it. laughs> that was so So, you're in a new TV series called yeah. Sanditon. It is. I forgot yeah. to say that badly. You said Sanditon. Sanditon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, tell me, tell me more about that. So, Sanditon is about. So, Sanditon itself is a seaside resort. So, um, it's. So, Tom Parker, who's played by Chris Marshall, he's basically uh, building what he wants to be a seaside resort where people can go bathing and people can come and it's, um, it's he wants it to be somewhere very popular, basically. Um, and he's struggling financially and he basically wants 
So he's at the moment getting financed by uh, Lady Denham, who's played by Anne Reid, and she's kind of uh, got a lot of drama going on in her own family, and it's it's just got some amazing people in it. So the um, star of it's Rose Williams, so she plays Charlotte. She's You're in uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she plays a so she's the main person that she plays she came from like Willingdon which is like a little farm in town and she basically bumps into Chris uh, who plays Tom Parker and they bring her to Sanderton and it's kind of you see it through her eyes like yeah. all of Sanderton and, and then there's just so many storylines going in it but it's it was based off of Jane Austen's last unfinished novel, so she wrote 11 chapters of it, and then unfortunately okay. died in 1817, and she kind of wrote her first like kind of black character in a period drama, which uh, mm. is played by Crystal Clark. she's incredible, mm. um, she plays Miss Lamb, and then basically she's come to Sanderton, and she's getting looked after by Mrs Griffiths, Yeah, and then... So, and then she also has two young girls there who are the Beauforts. And I'll say both, me and uh, Molly, who I'm really close to, that's who I saw today. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, And we play two sisters. And, you know, we kind of have a fun role because we're there, we annoy Miss Lamb. And we kind of are there to finish our education and to find husbands. So it's quite a fun role. Um, And, you know, when you have all these dramatic roles to kind of come back to us and kind of have these kind of flittering, you know, they just want to find the boys and you know like um in episode three there was kind of a scene where the vicar's talking about um it actually refers back to our conversation just before we start recording this but um and he's doing this kind of speech about you know females want to be plucked and go into marriage and you have you know like our leading ladies and they're going oh horrid no and then you kind of have us and we're like yes that's exactly what we want we want to be plucked we want to be in a nice marriage we want to you know they're very yeah. kind of about that and it's you know they were just so fun to play and it was it was amazing to be in a cast of such amazing people mm. and you know we filmed quite close to home we filmed I, we filmed in Bristol so it's just down the road for me which is so good to stay at home exactly that's um, so nice it was great and you know I think because a lot of them were away from home we all became quite close socially and did a lot and you know like we're going to one of their birthdays tonight and I think it's Lovely. yeah I think that you it was really nice it was a really nice experience and yeah. to be part of something that people are talking about you know like I, I have to be bad I'm bad in that way I will have a little cheeky look on Twitter <laughs> and stuff yeah yeah and it, do you know what's crazy it's when like um, me and Molly were just talking oh oh and oh have you seen that <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> um, and um, people are like um, oh you know Theo James or what was it like to work with Theo and me and Molly were saying we just see it as like Theo now like yeah it's just Theo like it's just like yeah it's just I don't know you just it it kind of it gets rid of all those things like they're unachieved they're unreachable sorry yeah they're just to you they're just your friends and normal people you know yeah yeah Yeah. but I mean yeah go watch it it's (laughs) I really want to I was gonna watch it before I met you but then I thought I'll do it afterwards I don't (laughs) know why but I thought I know what you mean yeah it's so it's on yeah it's on Sundays 9pm on ITV uh, we're halfway through the series now. We've got four episodes left, but it's all available on iPlayer. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it's a it's a period drama, but it really pushes the boundaries. Eleven chapters based off of Jane Austen, and it continues, and it's written by Andrew Davies, who wrote like um, the Pride and Prejudice with um, Colin Firth. Oh and yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah. And he wrote like War and Peace, and so he's really pushing the boundaries of this series. So it's it's interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what was the best part of filming? Um, Oh, what was the best part of filming? Penguin bars. I loved penguin bars. <laughs> 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 no, or uh, chicken nuggets. Chicken 
nuggets for lunch. Oh, I enjoyed the chicken nuggets. Yeah. Um, that's really bad to say. The best bit of them was chicken nuggets. No, but I think everything was amazing. Like, I really enjoyed the whole experience, but... Yeah, the penguin bars were good. They were cold. You know, when you're there all day, you're really looking forward to that snack at three o'clock. Yeah. The penguin bars, they kept me going. Yes. There you go. And talk me through a normal day on Um, So my normal call was like 5.30, 6 o'clock, because I'd get picked up from home. So, you know, people would be picked up from like the hotel in the centre, whereas obviously I would get, so it was about an hour drive. Yeah. So I'd get picked up about half five, six, and then driven in. And then uh, I'd go have a cup of tea oh, uh, in the trailer, and then they'd kind of come and knock, and then I'd go in for hair and makeup. So normally, what would happen is they'd, because obviously it was kind of like Regency period, they'd like do all the curlers in my hair, put yeah. a net over it. Then I'd go back to the trailer um, and get dressed. So they'd come and dress me in like the corset and everything, <laughs> um, and then I'd have my breakfast, and then go back and have the rest of like your hair taken out and then makeup. Then you'd go and wait in your trailer. I'd only go and wait in the trailer. I'd only go in line. Um, and you'd get wait. You'd wait to get called to set. And you yep. get called to set, and then you you know you have like a green room, and you you're working. You have the mics put on, and then you work for like five six hours. Then you come back to your trailer and have lunch. Yeah, again, me and Moles in the same trailer. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> Chicken nuggets all the way. Um, and then yeah, and then the same thing, and then you come back, and then. The whole bit was waiting for someone to come and like take you out of it because yeah. I didn't know the, like the course that I had like some people had like poppy out ones and stuff. I had the full on one at the back. Tying up. Yeah, and yeah. I couldn't do it by myself, Aww. so it's that thing of like waiting for someone <laughs> to come and like <laughs> yeah and do me and then take hair out and then get driven home and then the next day. So it's yeah, you know, it's it's really fun, but you don't realize. People don't realise all the start bits. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's lovely when you're like in the outfits and that. Obviously, it is like two, three hours work of to get into it. Yeah. But it's amazing. Like, it's just fun. It's yeah. fun to be able to do that and body that. Yeah, definitely. What is something you struggled with throughout that? Um, my corset. <laughs> <laughs> I think breathing it, but yeah. no, I my corset broke like four times. So like no. in like it would like poke out and then the metal would literally be scratching against my skin. Yeah, that was kind of brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, some of like my vocabulary, like I, um, <laughs> don't know if you've noticed, but like my TH is I have to really think about what I'm saying, else I do an F, I'll say think, like I'll I say I know think. You. I remember I used to do that when I was younger. Yeah. My dance teacher told me off that, and then ever since I was like, you really think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and because I was brought up abroad, I do my E's and I's differently. So yeah. say entertain. Entertain. Yeah. So like you say oh, entertain, I say entertain because my oh, E's and I's are the other way round, yeah. and then also my THs. So I just have to be really careful about that because sometimes accents are harder when they're closer to yours. Yeah. So sometimes it's easier for me to go and do like an Irish accent just because it's not like mine. Yeah. Because when it's something that's very yeah. close to yours, to just be able to like work on your THs or, you know, it, the little things. Yeah. yeah. And where did you grow up? So I was born in Exeter, in Denver, yeah. and then when I was three, I moved to Portugal, and then I grew up in the Algarve and moved back when I was twelve. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was really good. So my first language was actually Portuguese. So really. Like, that's what I learned to read and write in. Okay. Yeah. So that makes, yeah, more difficult. Yeah. So that yeah, and it was incredible. I think that it's really funny actually. I I was um podcast. <laughs> I was listening to this podcast, and it, it was about how a lot of um army kids tend to be actors. Because yeah. they've had to move around so often, they've gone to different schools and been kind of different versions of themselves. Yeah. And now I was an army kid, but I moved around a lot, so I think 
in all in all I've been to 12 schools really yeah wow. and lived in like 16 different houses and obviously I'm not an army kid but like my yeah. parents just love moving around but I completely get that like every school I went to you would adapt yourself to kind of be yeah. who you the most popular at school to what crowd you wanted to be in yeah and I do th- and so I think that you're kind of an act to yourself the whole way through whereas somebody's been in school so for example my partner he was in he was in like three schools like traditionally like well, yeah. you know, primary school secondary school big school <laughs> big school primary <laughs> <laughs> secondary school set of friends so you yeah. never had to change because he yeah. was just him whereas for me you did have to kind of fit in or yeah. hide parts of yourself or be different parts and yeah. um, I do think that that plays an element even when you're on set with completely different kinds of people like you're you, you're not acting that's I think it's like you adapt to what people yeah. are like around you and especially in different countries I think you have to because Every culture is different. Yes, completely. So and, you know, I was very much the little British kid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You guys spoke fluent Portuguese. Like, I don't really look as you can yeah. see. <laughs> I don't look in any way Latin or Portuguese or anything like that. And I think that I did stick out like a sore thumb. So you do very much want to fit in with people. Yeah. And even when I came back to England, like, I had a lot of catching up to do. So like, I came back just before Sats. I couldn't oh, write yeah. English. So um, I had a lot of catching up to do. And yeah. I think that you know, and then I I didn't really understand English schools as well because in Portugal from nine you're in big school so from nine to 18 you're in one school and you're all together and so you have to grow up quite fast yeah then I came back to England and I was in little school again yeah and then I I was in Taunton and I you went you know like seven to eleven yeah but then I moved through and they have little school till year eight then you go to big school from year nine to eleven Oh. So I went to like big little school like three or four times like mm. and so like one minute I was younger kind of yeah and then you're the next like, oh, to, yeah. you know and it all got very mixed up so I do think that plays a part in, in what I've ended up doing to be fair yeah yeah I can imagine that and I think when you have to adapt mm. or meet yeah. new people so now I love yeah. them like today love coming to meet like yeah you know and I don't get nervous you know other people mm. I know get really like today would be like really nervous Terrible, about yeah them because they haven't had to do it. Whereas yeah. for me, because I've done it so often, I'm, I get excited about it. Yeah. I want to meet new people. I want to, you know, like now, like itchy foot, kind of want to move areas. <laughs> you know, like I just kind of like moving about. I like going between London and Bath. Like I just like it, you know? Yeah, completely. I love that as well. I want to meet people. So what's your dream role? Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, dream role. It's quite a quite difficult question. When I, I was thinking that question and I thought I wouldn't even have... Yeah, that's really. Do you know what? I know this links really badly in Santon because of like Jane Austen, but yeah. I always loved Pride and Prejudice and yeah. Elizabeth Bennet. Yeah. And I know that's because it's already established, but mm. I just think like a strong, there's so many strong female roles now. Yeah. You know, I know that we still have a long way to go, but there's so many coming out. And I think that, I think my dream role would be a strong f- female. I yeah. think an empowering woman, no matter what the narrative, whether they're the the good guy or the bad guy I just yeah. want someone strong who I can you always want to play someone different to you I never want to play yeah. myself and I think that there's so many roles out there that I think that as long as they stay true to what I think mm. and are strong and are trying to send a message then that's perfect for me if that makes sense yeah and I think like Elizabeth Bennett was perfect for that I think that you know when those films are being made and that she was strong she went against everything um and she didn't conform, and I think that that's you know there's so many you know like Ladybird, great film, yeah, uh, I Tonya, great film, yeah. like there's so many out there aren't there where there's strong 
females and they're actually being the lead of films and I think that's incredibly important so to be involved with any of that you're doing yeah you're yeah doing. that's a really good answer actually thank you very much that so what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get into acting be prepared to work really yeah. hard and not be afraid of rejection yeah. um and it's not gonna happen in one day you know and it hasn't happened to me like you yeah. know I'm not you know it and even the roles, the lead roles I'm getting, I'm making myself through my production company. Like in Sanditon, I'm, you know, I'm not the lead role. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and I think, it, obviously, it doesn't matter to me. You need, like, a whole cast. You know, you can't yeah. just have, like, a number one role. Um, you need everyone to work together, and that's really important. But I think that don't, you know, there's people, like, um, I look at a lot of, like, actors, like Emma Stone or... I don't know, Margot Robbie, I know it's stereotypical, but it took them 10 years before they were getting the lead in roles. And this is the thing, you have to understand that even people who you think one minute were nothing, one minute are there. Yeah. It's so untrue. That no, you know, you have to start from the ground up, no matter who you are. Um, and I think that you just work hard, keep going for it. And also try and make good decisions. I know that sounds really silly, yeah. but don't... Some people do make decisions that probably they'll look back on and they're questionable, but if they just sat down and thought about it, did a pros and cons list, they'd be able to see it. I love pros and cons list. Yeah, because yeah. some decisions you think, no, like, no. why do you do that? Yeah. yeah, or even if you think, oh, that will benefit me for two months. No, just don't, just really, yeah. sometimes the best things take a long time. Yeah. And I think that you just have to keep working for it. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, and if you want to be an actor, you know, you have to have thick skin and you have to take the rejection but yeah. know that it's not you they're not rejecting you because you're talent well, you'd hope not but they're rejecting <laughs> you because you might just not look like the person they want to play your sister yeah. or you know you might just not be quite tall enough or you know you might not just have the chemistry with the guy they want you to work with and that's there's nothing you can do about that you can't yeah. force any of that stuff you can't change any of that I think but I think in some ways I think I this is going off topic slightly but I think it's really important I kind of love my job in a way because I think that we have such a trend now of like fake eyelashes, eyebrows, extensions, fake tans, and actually being an actor, you can't do any of that. Yeah. Because if I do that, I'm not, you know, I can have a cast next week where I've got to play a 15 year old, like I can't have all this stuff on. And in a way, I'm really, I feel really lucky with that because I think that that's stopping me from falling into that because yeah. I kind of have to be natural to myself or. I don't know, I know it sounds really silly, but I, I was talking to my mum about it, and I think that's actually really important, yeah. and I was li- I feel very fortunate about that, whereas I think that I would fall into that as much as anyone else, I would have it all done, yeah, without a doubt, because I'd want to feel, because it's a trend, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a trend, yeah, you like, fit in almost, Exactly. But, yeah, I think when you're an actress, then mm-hmm. you always want to stand out and be you. Well, you have to be, yeah. and you have to kind of be a blank canvas for them to work, work on, with, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. Definitely. So as you know, this podcast is about happiness and positivity. Yeah. So would you generally describe yourself as an optimist or a pessimist? Yeah, I'm too much of an optimist in some ways. Yeah. I remember I went to Rome with my best friend when we were 18, and we did that thing, you know, when you're like 10 days into a holiday and you, you, you know, you don't know what to talk about. Yeah. Like, so what's like one thing you don't like about each other? I remember she was like, you're just too optimistic. Like sometimes something's just shit, and you're like, <laughs> it's just shit. It can be made good. So I know type of person like it would cloud me. I'm like, oh yeah, but. Yeah, but you know, and yeah, it's great. yeah, like, but, yeah, 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 but come on, like, I yeah. don't like, I hate like somber moods, you know, I don't like, I don't want to accept that something's shit, I want to say that it's good, you know, yeah. what I mean? and I know that I just think that's important, like, I mm. think no matter what, like, I think obviously it's something you always say about like a silver lining, but I genuinely think with many situations, pretty much all, there is a silver lining, yeah, and you can find something positive out of it, 
Yeah. Um, pretty much most things. And I think yeah. that even if it's really bad situations or stuff, you can work through it and come out of a more positive, you come out a stronger person. Yeah. You know, like Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Traveling, like, or even like 
yeah, I'm going to treat my friend. Like, uh, this year, like, I bought my best friend a holiday to Brighton next year because I know oh, we both, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> Brighton. Yeah. Um, love Brighton. And I think that I would value that more than buying her a coach she really wants. Yeah. I don't know if she thinks the same. Yeah. But, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. those, I just value that so much more. Yeah. Yeah. I completely get that. So as you know, this podcast is based on the concept every colour has a silver lining. Yes. Um, so have you ever had a situation where something's been really difficult and then something positive has come out of it? I think my biggest one was probably I went to a, an audition in um, uh, Pineapple Studios and it was a cruise ship audition. And I don't know if you've ever been to the rooms in Pineapple, the classes, but they're not, re- they're not massive. Yeah. And I went into one and it was literally, I swear to you, 600 girls in one room. And they'd get us to learn a dance, so I'd be like in the back of the room, everyone's in crop tops and shorts, and they'd cut 50 girls at a time. There's not even, you're a number, you had a name, they didn't know you, didn't learn the routine properly, you didn't like rotate so you could learn the routine, it was just like 10 minutes and then boom, 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 you know? And it was brutal, the girls were horrible, so many sly comments, kind of like body shaming each other. And I remember, this was probably, six months into auditions for musical theatre, so when I was 18, yeah. I remember I went out and it was, I was at Leicester Square, and I remember crying down the phone to my mum, and that was the moment I decided I was going straight acting, yeah. and that's when I binned musical, I always love it, and I always love going to watch shows, and I always love it as a hobby, but that's the moment, but it had a silver lining for me, because it means I'm happy now, Yeah, like, I don't have the, I don't, I don't feel shit about myself, like I don't, I'm not judged, like judging other girls, I'm not, every week having to go to auditions where I'm... Then made to feel horrible. Exactly. Yeah. You're making other people feel horrible. I actually am in an industry which I enjoy and I think everyone's lovely and I think we support each other. So I think, without a doubt, that's probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Yet on that day, I thought that I was at the bottom of... You know, I'd spent thousands of pounds training, thousands of pounds trying to make myself look good or like on my physique and I felt like I was just, you know, flashing it down the track. Yeah. But now, three and a half years on, I feel like best decision ever made yeah yeah so there you go i'm so lucky yeah <laughs> so have we had any other situations where a negative has turned into a positive uh let me think i think it happens quite often yeah I'm, I'm not gonna lie i think that like a lot of the time something negative can happen to us and it actually ends up being a positive definitely um, okay so here's you know i suppose it's quite intimate i wouldn't talk about them very often but it, yeah. so when i was 19 my parents split up so it was mm. over 20 years and both of them are so happy now and I look at that for them and I mean it was horrible you know I think I was that bit older that I could deal with it well and understand yeah, it yeah and it, you know we were very much like a trio like we're very close mm. like and I think that's probably why I'm quite mature because I was treated as an adult you know, like, yeah. yeah and um and this was like when I was 19 and um but they're so much happier now they had an amazing 20 years they had a child they they were like soulmates and there was too much water under the bridge and they split up but now they're so much happier like my dad lives on a canal boat and a marina and he Aww. loves it yeah. so it reminds me of when we lived abroad not a canal yeah. boat but just like <laughs> uh, just like of you know kind of people supporting each other and yeah. then my mum now remarried really happy like yeah. living her best life like they're just so happy and that is an ultimate negative turned into a positive because you know, yeah. it's like having second wind, it's like having a second life. Like they lived this one life together, which they loved, and now they're going on to live another life. And I think that's amazing nowadays with more acceptance of people's lives is that they can have three or four lives in yeah. one life. You know, yeah. you can look at yourself 10 years ago and think, that wasn't me, different person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's amazing because we all get to, I don't know, kind of reinvent ourselves and, and do what we want. And yeah, I think, yeah. so like I say, I think negatives every day can be turned into positives. Definitely. You know? And it's nice that you can look at that as an 
grown up. A, yeah. a grown up. Because I'm sure so many people in that situation can deal mm. with that so bitterly. Oh, yeah, completely. And I'm sure it was a struggle for you because mm. are you an only child? Yeah. Yeah, and that mm. must have been really difficult. Yeah. This was so good. Yeah, it was rewarding to see because obviously, I think I said, but like, I've been with my partner for seven and a half years and I think we're 22 now. Like, you just don't, you know, I want to be with him forever, but you don't know what's going to happen. But I can see from my parents that no matter what happens, I value the time I've spent with someone. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. God bless him. I hope he's not watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just saying that I would cherish whatever time is spent with people same with friendships i look back at friendships i had you know when i was 16 or when i was a kid and even though i'm not friends with them now i cherish the time that you did spend with them and i think you know you can't always look back and regret or people look back in rose tinted glasses and i think you can do that but actually just look back at it think fab i enjoyed that i had a good time with them exactly but now i'm i am where i am and also i think so much of that makes you it makes you who you are. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there was someone, it sounds really silly, but do you know when you have dreams and the person's who they were like five years ago? Does yeah. that make sense? So I remember I had a dream about someone who I hadn't been in contact for a long time. I messaged them, they were a complete dick. And I thought, but of course, they're not going to be the same person five years later. And I think yeah. that you learn through experiences and I think that everyone moves on. So you can look back and you can think, oh, I'd love to have them in my life, but actually, they're quite, they're not the same person and you yeah. both you might not be able to be close now like you once were so just yeah. enjoy the fact you were then but now cherish the people who are around you are similar and are you yeah. know I, yeah. I really like that actually I, mean, I haven't really thought about that before mm. that's such a nice way to look at it, things yeah but, and it helps you to move on from things it helps you to let people go and to move on and yeah. yeah how do you manage to look at a positive of a bad situation naturally like, I, yeah. I think I'm naturally I think I don't know if it was like as a kid, I think that like when I was a kid I was put in some bad situations like I think um, I got bullied like a couple of times when I was little and I think like uh, we haven't touched on this but I had like quite bad eating disorders throughout my life and I think that like it, you kind of, not everything's just bad, like nothing's just bad. Yeah. I, I think, I mean obviously some things are bad but everything positive can come from it so like um, I think, for example, when I was bullied when I was little, like it made me a tougher person. And I think eating disorders wise, well, for example, this year I made a best friend from somebody who went through the same experience. So even that to me is a positive. Yeah. Like even that to me, like this year I made a short film and we made like a lot of money for charity. Like that to me is a positive that came from it. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And um, all the fact that I got to do that, I was in a position to be able to do that, to open the conversation. Like I've had friends who've had eating disorders, they've come up with like everything has a positive. And I think yeah. that naturally it sounds really like it's kind of like a simple answer but like naturally I think positively yeah yeah that's really true and I think even with that then you can help other people get through that as well exactly. which is an amazing thing yeah no completely that people are struggling with which maybe when you're in that situation would have helped you so much more and it's just not a discussion we talk about yeah. everything we talk about so many mental disorders and, and eating disorders is exactly the same and there's such a closed book and like the NHS doesn't deal with them it all goes to charities but they're obviously going to get funded buy our money like then yeah. they're funded like you go to the NHS you know with an issue about an eating disorder and they'll send you to a literary charity yeah which is crazy like why why have we got people in the NHS you can go to to speak about these things like and with social media and with celebrities and with like Love Island and series like that like we are constantly looking at our body seeing what's wrong with it plastic surgeries on the plus like on the up sorry like yeah. constantly people are trying to alter themselves and having like like body dysmorphia like where you can't see like I think so many people probably have that now yeah because of bad perceptions that have been made about people's bodies like I tell you what is a great program for that yeah <laughs> so, like naked attraction yes I think that's so good I think we it's really watch, yeah safer and watch that all the time I know, I know it sounds really silly no. but actually you can see people go do you know what 
he like he thinks she's attractive. Like yeah, they, you know that that's a normal body. Also, just looking at normal people's bodies. Oh my god, it's which so rarely happens on TV. It makes you feel so much better. Yeah. And it's when they're like, oh, she's got lovely curves. And you're like, she has. Yeah. Like, you never see that normally. And actually, men, I think from a female point of view, men are attracted to that. Yeah, exactly. How did you have a positive mindset in such a busy life? Oh, I don't know. It, it takes work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that you you have to take a, a step back and do... I think you just have to do things that make you positive. Mm. So if that's for you, like, if you go to your spin class, which you yeah. do, <laughs> for me, I love binge-watching stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I love a good... Because I act, I love, like, TV series or films, or I go to the cinema a lot. Like, like I think probably, like, my boyfriend keeps me very grounded, you know? Like, going out socially with friends, and I think that's what keeps me positive, because it yeah. gives me a bit of time out. It forces me to come out of that yeah and like I said I'm so interested in other people so if I go meet someone for a coffee and talk about their lives it stops me thinking about mine and it yeah. kind of I don't know it helps with positivity you know yeah and also I think when you meet people you realise they have things going on as well exactly you have things going on yeah that's life that's life yeah, yeah completely how important do you think it is to address the downfalls in life I, I do, I think it's important, but I think that it's important to see how it's going to help you move forward. Mm. I, I think it's pointless sitting, eating a tub of ice cream and that's what you achieve of an evening. Yeah. I think that if you can look at your downfalls, go, that shit, that was a shit time, or yeah, that didn't succeed, that didn't happen, but now I'm doing this. Like, yeah. I think that if you can come out of it and see where you're going from there, then it's positive. But I think that, I think just sitting and kind of making yourself feel crap isn't yeah. like, and, and I suppose I'm not the best in that way like I I will put stuff under the carpet if I want to but yeah. I think that's my decision if that makes sense like yeah. for me coming and talking about all my problems won't help me mm. and that sounds mm, it's a bit cynical but I think sometimes like whereas if I sit and think about it and think but I'm going to move forward in this way or but this helps me in this way that's more positive for me but do you know what I think that is addressing your problems? Yeah, I think that's dealing with them in the best way possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think just, you know, going and, and making yourself upset, or like, I just don't think it's helpful. No. Yeah. yeah. I get that, I get that. What limits to your happiness or has done in the past? I compare myself to others. And yeah. I think unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of myself. Mm. Definitely. So, you know, I'm... Just comparing myself to thinking I'm gonna be like some kind of suit, like I'm five foot three, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm never gonna look like Gigi Hadid, do you know what I mean? Like, or mm. whoever it is. Like, I think, the, without a doubt, what limits I think all of our happiness is unrealistic expectations. Yeah. To think that we're gonna look like this or we're gonna look like that. I think, yeah, we all have days like that. You days where you feel like shit, do you know? What yeah. I mean? Days where you think, oh, you know, especially when you're in this industry, I don't think it helps. Like, you look at actors and you think, oh no, like, oh, yeah, crying right, to like, a room for an audition. Yeah. There's, other people that look yeah, like you but exactly. different yeah and I then think. just yeah uh, without a doubt it will always limit our happiness because it's enforced too so like social mm. media is positive but it will always limit me some days because it's there and I have to use it in my opinion yeah. um, but then I have a friend Lily she's so anti-actress she has no social media she doesn't watch the stuff she's in but she's incredible like yeah. nothing, well I just couldn't do it and, and but big up her she's happy yeah and that's what makes her happy um for me like i said to you i think it goes hand in hand and i do have it but yeah it always limit it a little bit social media and unrealistic expectations yeah, yeah. Mm. those are honest answers yeah so what three things make you the happiest oh chocolate <laughs> <laughs> um penguins <laughs> <laughs> chocolate work work yeah. really yeah and um 
friends and family. And that's like, but you know, they kind no, of come to like, yeah. yeah, friends and family work and chocolate. There's the answers, they're so good. <laughs> and do you have any last words of positivity? I think stay true to yourself. I know that's, mm. I know it sounds really tough, but I don't care, like, whether you're, I think you have to, whether you are a woman and you want to go, I don't know, be a footballer, or you want to go row a boat, I don't know. <laughs> you're like, whatever, you want to do it. <laughs> Just do it, like, it doesn't matter, like, don't, and don't pretend you're someone you're not, do you know mm. what I mean? Like, don't dress in dresses if you want to wear jeans, don't, like, don't be someone you're not, don't follow the trends like we said if you're not, yeah. like, the only way you're going to stay positive and happy is stay true to yourself. And if you let other people, and like I said to you about cutting people off, just get rid of them. Yeah. But if they are forcing you to be someone you're not, get rid of it because it's not going to make you or them happy. Mm. And I think, yeah, honestly, just stay true to yourself. I know it's really difficult. And I think for anyone listening to this who's under the age of 20, it's difficult. Like, yeah. I, I thought I knew everything from 16 to 18. And when I look back, I was a total mess. Like, I was not who I am today. Like, complete mess. And um, I think, like... You think you know yourself, but you'll learn, and you'll, yeah. you'll, and I think, you know, yeah, just do you. I know yeah. it's like such a like you. Yeah, I get that, but I think that's such important advice to somebody mm. if they aren't hundred percent themselves. Exactly, and you might think you are. You might. Yeah. I I swear to God, I'll look back in ten years and think, what oh, she thought she knew everything. She yeah, you know, but keep learning and be open to learning mm. and to stay positive. You can't be rigid. You have to be open to life and what's yeah. going to happen. I had so much fun recording this episode with Kaylee and I hope you enjoyed listening too. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe or share whatever you need to do on whatever platform you're on. And don't forget to listen next Wednesday with a new guest.